What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of What's Your ETA? I'm your co-host, Megan Hester. And I'm your co-host, Vivian Summers. We're here to take you behind the scenes of the hair and makeup industry. Today, I'm actually super, super excited. We have the amazing artist, Howard Berger. And I'm gonna say amazing, because I do, I love and appreciate everything you've done. Viv, you you could probably say the same, because um, we, we talk about your work all the time. The godfather of FX. Oh, wow. That's big. That's a lot. That's how you are over there. So, sorry, but that's it. Wow. All right, well, I'm, I'm very, uh, yeah, 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 that's a big honor, an honor. so. You but know, Howard, you gotta hear the story she told me uh, right. about the students with with Howard's work. What did you oh, tell me earlier? This is about eight years ago and I taught at a school in Australia uh-huh. and I was doing um, casualty makeup and I would reuse your video. To, it was a DVD of you doing an aging makeup of your son. Do you remember mm. that one with Stan mm. Winston? I do. Yeah, the, yeah. it was like one of the first Stan Winstons. Yeah, it was like a zombie thing or whatever, yeah. That I used to have the students put their name down to borrow that DVD and the list was this long. Mm-hmm. It took like it took a month wow. for them to get to borrow nice. it overnight, and they got serious <laughs> penalties if they didn't bring it back. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that was like, yeah, that's one of the first um, <clears throat> instructional videos that Matt Winston, who, uh, you know, runs the school did. So I keep saying I want to do another one because it's I think it's oh so my God. I could do Beat way it. better. I can do way better. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll figure that out at some point. It seems like they're still using oh, it. So they're, they're probably yeah, still yeah. I mean, it's not, I guess somebody's watching <laughs> it, so that's good. But I mean, no, that's that's a yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, that school is really smart. The whole the whole mm. like you know uh, digital content sort of thing. It's it makes a lot of sense. And there's really I sh- there's some that I want to watch. So I'm like, oh, I should learn how to do that. That looks really cool. I love the videos they bring out. Yeah, no, they're great. So I wanted to talk to you because you know I got a chance to actually work with you um, mm-hmm. under you. You know, and no, with like, me, we, we all work with each you. other. We work we with work each with other. You. Yes. Um, but I like honestly was so amazed. It was obviously during COVID when mm-hmm. I was able to work with you on um, Orville mm-hmm. and the amount of artists you were able to employ during that time was so it was beautiful to see mm. how many people were you able to because you had a you had a troop of us there yeah just we had a lot room. yeah yeah no I mean I made it a point I try to hire as many people as I can because I know everybody needs to work everybody needs to make money and get their hours and their and, and it's all important so you know and I also like to spread the wealth you know so like if I do a show yeah. like Orville which was huge or or Santa Claus you know the the Santa Claus TV show we did with Tim Allen we hired so many people to come do ears for the elves you know for Santa Claus and then of course tons and tons of aliens but I I think through the course of Orville you know each season it's been about 200. 706ers that that I've they hired for the course yeah wow. so everybody everybody got a bit so I never really wanted to just I mean we have like main crew like Tammy Lane and Erica Prius you know and Todd Ma- uh, Todd uh, McIntosh but I, I was going to ask you about yeah, that how did yeah. how do the because I, I noticed that people fight to try to get into that trailer that aren't your main people uh, I'm, I, I don't know <laughs> yeah I mean I hope they don't fight you know I mean no I, yeah. I say that jokingly yeah, yeah. like maybe we should do like a death match or like a who uh, yeah we could do that down. now you can go in there with Howard yeah well you have to fight <laughs> Tammy so you would everybody would lose 
because Camiel kicked. I think everyone would lose yeah, that one. Yeah, Cam- sure. Camiel kicked the hell out of everybody. So, um, how long have you and yeah. Cammy been working together? Oh, almost uh, probably twenty eight years. Oh my god, that's so, crazy. That's yeah, so crazy. I met I met her. She came to visit K and B Effects, which is my studio I own with Greg Nicotero, and she came to visit when she was still in college, and oh, she, wow. she had come with a school trip. Um, and she was planning on being a, um, uh, a graphic designer, but when she came to visit K and B, she decided she wanted to get into makeup and makeup effects and shifted the whole the, thing. She got the bug really yeah, like right out of the gate. The That's what I was going to say. The bug happens, yeah. especially with effects. So. But I mean, she, she started working with us and you know, just was kind of doing general shop stuff, cleaning the shop, doing plaster work, you know, n- nothing big. And then we just kind of saw her step up to the plate. She took initiative and then Greg Nicotero actually took her to her first location, which was in Santa Fe for a movie called John Carpenter's Vampires. And he brought her, yeah, he brought her just to do blood gags or help clean up blood and stuff like that. And then they were shorthanded and he's like, Hey, why don't you can do? You're an artist. Here, do some of these makeups. And she started well, to do so the she makeup. She was like thrown into the den and like right out okay, of the gate. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they finished that movie. I had a film shooting in Luxembourg in Europe, and Greg said you should take Tammy. She's really great on set. And I took Tammy with me. And after that, it was always Tammy and myself. And we just we get along like peas and carrots, and we we share the same brain to some degree. And when we work, we don't need to talk. We just kind of know what we're doing. It's kind and of understood. It's yeah. so e- it's just so easy, and you know, having her as a co-department head is really, really wonderful. And then, you know, last year I had Erica Prius as my co-department head on Santa Claus, um, and okay. she and I both did Tim Allen's makeup as Santa, and it was great. And plus, I think it's great. I, I stopped. Actually, this is sort of interesting. I stopped giving people, um, you know, like key or third or this and that. I don't do any of that anymore. Everyone is there as a makeup artist and I, and whoever's like would be my key is actually my co-department head because I want to give the people I work with that, you know, that are my, you know, like right there, my right and left hand. I want to give them the opportunity to, to accumulate as many department head credits as possible. So when I say, okay, I'm done now that they, they have the department head credits. I, 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 I switched gears because I started to see some people in our industry really vying for those like key like should I put you know can I tell production to put me down as this and and I'm like you know what I I, it's, yeah. I don't want yeah. any of that like yeah. we're all here to do one job we have a common goal which is to do a great job and facilitate production's needs and the director's needs and I just was tired of hearing people like well I should be third or I should, and I'm like no it there's no more of that so I don't do it co department head for Tammy and for Erica and that's that so oh and everybody God. else is a makeup that is epic. Seriously, I just think that's almost like culture change of the makeup industry because I think that if you take that away from people's yeah. um, incentives in what they're doing and refocus back on we're a family, we're, we're a work family. Yeah. Like and we're a team. Get we're getting done together. And we've all got our separate skills and you've got a chance to also be a co-department head. I think that's incredible. That's something – I've not heard of before, so you real, that's really a game changer, I think. I've always be, like said about you, Howard, like you're one of my favorite um, people to work under, honestly, and I swear on that to my life because I think you are so just like you give the artists the chance to show what they can do, and it's like – 
like I remember Orville, I was like, well, what do you want it to like? What, what paint do you want? You're like, just do what you want. Do what you mm-hmm. think. Like, you know, yeah, and it was I, like, I trusted you. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know, mean, like, yeah. I mean, for me, it's about planting the seed. Like why it wouldn't be fun for you. I mean, cause you know, every time we do a show, we all get together and I'm like, okay, we know we're here to do a show. We know, we all know how to do makeup. That's easy, but we don't always know how to have fun. And having fun is yes. the most important thing. So we're going to have a really fun time. So Megan, if I go, Megan, here, here's the appliances. This is the species. And, um, and now it's up to you to figure out, you know, how to make it look cool. And, and I, always, I have to admit yeah. to one thing with you, though. <laughs> yes. I, 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 you probably already know this, but on the Santa Claus thing, I came in and they handed me the ears with regular glue. And I looked at them and I was so stuck on the glue. <laughs> <that> <laughs> I couldn't understand what, what? Like, you want me to use Duo? Like, I my, oh, I couldn't uh-huh. comprehend it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, so, like, that was like, I was devastated when I left that job. I was like. <gasps> no, it's all good. No, 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 not at all. It's all, don't be devastated. So, but, but I like, but I like to plant the seed, you know, and yeah. let the artists do it, you know, like uh, using Orville as a point of reference. There are makeups that we have to you know, match and, and, uh, the species is, you know, you can't paint like a Mocklin, you know, pink or anything. They're, they're, you know, brown tones. And so, you know, but it doesn't make sense for me to sit there and go, Hey, no, Megan, put that color there, put that color. Now do this. It's, you guys know how to do it. So it's like, okay, this is, here's a photo. It, it's uh, there's a hundred ways to make a hamburger at the end of the day it's a hamburger so as long as exactly. the hamburger is a hamburger at the end however you got there i don't care whatever makes you happy and whatever's easiest for you i'm all good with so i honestly love and appreciate that um honestly i do i wanted to get into because i saw um on the internet like a frame that whole thing they did a uh-huh. whole interview with you oh yeah and it said here you and tammy won for 2006 for the narnia and stuff that is true Before, prior to that was that what what was your first win that is my first win that's my that first, first yeah. that's my that's that's my my one and only oscar win i've been nominated before but you have uh, british uh, awards too yeah correct, yeah right? yeah well that the year that chronicles of narnia came out was a really special year because we got okay. nominated for a lot of different things so we won the bafta which is the british academy award we won yes, won the Aca- won the oscar which is the you know the academy the academy award we won saturn awards we won won a bunch of different things it was a really popular film and and the makeup really stood out so yeah it was it was nice and then i got nominated in uh 2013, 2013. yeah for hitchcock you should have won that hitchcock yeah know, that, that was, was like fantastic. that was well, brilliant you know, that was fantastic was that all silicone it was all silicone yeah yeah that yeah, was a big, a big silicone makeup on tony hopkins wow. so yeah it was, that was but that year was interesting because tammy was nominated for the hobbit so I was up That's against right. my yeah I'm up against my best friend which of course it was all great and and if either one of us won we would have been happy Les Mis won which I think was interesting and somebody had re- reached out to me and said you know what you should have done is put dirt all over Hitchcock and then you probably would have won since everybody was just <laughs> dirty in that movie but I mean there's there's a lot yeah there's a lot of work in in um in Les Mis and, and the makeup artists are really, really great makeup artists. So, but yeah, it would have been nice to take another statue home for, for the work in Hitchcock or Tammy taking the work home, the statue home for the work for the Hobbit. Well, I know that you've done pretty much every job description, but is there anything left out there 
that you would still love to do that you could see yourself yeah. potentially winning an Oscar. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I don't give a shit about winning the Oscar. That's that's I don't that's crazy. No. No, I don't. I don't. Like- yeah, I don't do anything. I don't do any, I don't do anything to like win anything. I don't care about that. So what I care what I what I care about is having a good time, doing good work, and being with my friends. That's what I love about set work. And fun always makes for more creativity. So that's why you're getting it does. such good work out it of it. Does. Yeah, listen, award stuff is gravy. It really is. Like, you don't do a show, but there are people, and I've heard them say, oh, this is going to be Miami or this is my Oscar. Then it never happens because that's not how things work. You know, don't put that that energy out there because that's a a fail. Just do the job, be great at it, you know, be good to your crew. And if that ends up happening, then that's great, you know, but certainly never, I never, ever, ever think like, okay, this is going to be my whatever. I, I don't really care. Okay. Well, in terms of a, in terms of a creative, what is there something you'd still? Well, I, I mean, I've done everything, but what I'd like to continue to do for a couple of years more yeah. is, um, I love character makeups. You know, so that, that's I, what yeah. I really, I really gravitate to, um, yeah. you know, cha- helping. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, anything, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's like, I like to do makeup first. I like to just do makeups, you know, and I love prosthetic makeups. Um, I'd like to do a lot less gags, you know, like blood effects. I'm over that. I can't stand that. It's been decades of that. So I'm, I'm good not doing those anymore, but I love helping an actor find the character through makeup and, and part of the transformation. That's a good point. Like I want, I want you to explain to like the people that, you know, people out there that are listening that want to get into this business, like Mm -hmm. what you do when you're doing the makeup for an actor, like, you know, Anthony Hopkins or anyone, like there's a part that you're creating for them in that. Oh yeah. It's huge. would love for people to understand. It's not just about doing the makeup. It's also about building this character with them. What you're bringing to the table is essential for the actor. You have to remember you're there to service the actor. And help the actor, yeah. you know, create this character. And when when we were doing Hitchcock, you know, I was up very upfront with Tony Hopkins. I said, listen, the only way I can make this work is I have to do a bunch of tests. We're going to try all different makeups, but I can't do it. And I told the producers this too. I said, I, it's not going to work if I do it on a double. Because right away they're like, oh, we'll get you a double. I'm yeah. like, that no. doesn't tell me anything. It has to be on Tony. And Tony was like, 100%. I'll be there anytime you want me there. So oh, wow. I, That's I did, great. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was that's what made it successful. And, and I did six different tests. The first time I did it, he looked just like Alfred Hitchcock. And even Tony said, well, I don't even need to act. And I'm like, no, no, you do have to act. No, this you is, want to this do. Is, yeah. I need to. But, but at that point I was looking at it and I went, you know what? It looks like Alfred Hitchcock, but I lost Tony. And I, I'm going to re, I want to re-sculpt it. You so it back a little bit. Oh, really? A lot of bit, a lot of bit. Oh, and, wow. uh, and, um, it just wasn't, it just, I, I, I lost Tony Hopkins and I'm like, this needs to be like Hopkins Hitchcock. And my wife, who's a fine artist, she really spelled it out. And she said, it's, you're not doing a likeness. You're doing a portrait. You're doing a portrait oh, wow. of, of, okay. of, of, of Alfred Hitchcock on Tony. And I'm like, that makes sense. Cause a portrait is, is, imp- is like really it. kind of an impression. It's well, no, it's not a like, it's a, it's an impression. Yeah. So if I was going to okay. do an exact likeness, cause this is even, I remember hearing Dick Smith say, you know, he did this beautiful makeup on Hal Holbrook. He did an Abraham Lincoln makeup. It's a great makeup. And Dick always said, that's the best Abraham Lincoln makeup on Hal Holbrook. It looks nothing like Abraham Lincoln, but that's the best 
Lincoln makeup I can do on Hal Holbrook. And, and that's really it. You can always find things. It's like you're never going to get it a likeness. You'll get a portrait, which is a version. You know, It's a conceptual version. And so I started scaling everything back, and Tony ended up wearing – a full horseshoe wraparound piece, uh, silicone earlobes and a full nose tip. And then we shaved the top of his head in Martin Samuels. Then, you know, we'd cut and color his hair and then put a hair piece on that we made. And I'd paint Tony's hands up to match the skin How tone. How many hours a day was that each day? Like- very fast. Very fast. Oh, so you guys nailed it. Yeah, I'm a super fast makeup artist. So Peter Montagna was my, he was there helping me. He was my key or co-department head as well. And we had the makeup down to an hour and 20. That's crazy. So, Holy. That's, yeah, it's really, really fast. Crazy. Yeah, it's fast. You just learn how to do it. Yeah. I'm sure the actor appreciates it too, though, oh, because yeah. then they're not so, because, you know, like we're, when it's too much, we're in their face with alcohol, this and that. Yeah, and you that. have to it's be like, conscious. Yeah. Well, you that's, have to be conscious of yeah, that. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. You have to be aware they're human beings. Yeah. So, like, you have to be, like, when I hear people like it was a seven hour makeup, I'm like, what did you do for seven hours? Yeah. You know? And why did they let you do that for seven I, hours? I, I would lose my mind. <laughs> and I get it. There are some very complicated makeups. I, I really, when I do a makeup, I assess, I assess what the actor is going to do that day what the shooting conditions are and that okay. helps me determine how bulletproof I'm going to make this makeup because if if an actor is going to be in a makeup for like half a day let's say five hours I'm not going to put him in a makeup that'll last 14 hours because the cleanup and really it's the cleanup that messes it's actors the cleanup. Yeah. that's what I always yeah. say it's the, yeah, cleanup. it's the cleanup and if you don't do the cleanup properly and carefully and slow and safe you ruin the what do you do to their skin we ruin right, them right we, so yeah. it's it's not ever the makeup you're putting on the actor it's always the the removal so you know take yeah. an, another you know taking Tim Allen in account for Santa Claus so when he did the three movies which I wasn't involved with those makeups took hours and hours and hours and it was different those were foam rubber and Tim didn't really know better and you know that it could be done maybe a little bit quicker but they're beautiful and makeup. now he met you he's like I'm never doing that yeah, ever yeah, again it's still going all the way <laughs> Yeah, but when I met Tim the first time and I said, I'm going to do this makeup in an hour. And he's like, he you're, he's like you're full of shit. And I went, I, I said, I'm telling you, I'm going to do this in an so hour. Do you have any secrets to that? Like adhesives and, 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 and clean lines and, and, and. Yeah. We actually, like, we're trying to get Louis to tell us all of that too. Sorry, yeah. Viv, but we were trying to get Louis to tell us the like, secrets Because he works too. so fast as well. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's just being prepared. So, I mean, I'll give you the whole rundown of what I do every morning with, with Tim. Yes. So, awesome. so I have, I have, I have all the pieces are there. I pre-paint the okay. pieces to some degree. Yeah. I use very few colors in that makeup. So the, the silicone, uh, is, is tinted a, a nice, like kind of bubble gum. Yeah. Uh, and your, and, your studio makes them, right? Like, yeah. We, everything at K, yeah, everything I do, K and B preps the entire shows always. Yeah. So Derek Kraut, who runs, uh, the, uh, uh, runs that department ran me beautiful pieces. And Tim had, Tim was pretty covered. He had a full horseshoe and, um, forehead and full nose. I would prep it all. And then I figured out a way to, you know, basically pre-glue everything on the appliance. So I took uh, Cillabon. So I, what I did okay. is I, fir- I first cleaned the piece with Kiehl's, the blue Kiehl's stringent, just to get any excess powder or what have you off. And then I took a white latex sponge and I took the Cillabon thinner and I wiped the whole piece down with that, which 
gave it a little bit of a tack. Then I took the Syllabon glue and I never thin it out. And I brushed it all over the, the troubled areas. Oh, and then you just reactivate it. Well, not sort of to some degree, but then Tim would come sit down. I would clean his face and then I'd wipe down certain areas with the thinner and then I'd put glue down and I would, it was ballsy. It's a big piece. And I would just go one, two, three, boom. Wow. And, and, I, and I would start here and I'd start at the bottom of the chin. I love that you do stuff like that. Oh yeah. I'm just like, screw this. I I'm going to go for it. That. And then I worked, I love yeah. that. And then I worked all the way up, uh, you know, his nasiabial uh, folds and then up around his eyes and then, all, and then worked everything back. And then it wrapped around on his neck. And then I took his nose and I did the nose piece and then I did the forehead and I would, cause Tim's, um, Tim's in great shape, but you know, his skin, his skin gets tired after X amount of hours. So I would notice in the yeah. beginning that, that the piece would start to droop his eyes, his upper eyelids. So get heavy. Yeah. So what I would do is I'd glue underneath his eyelids or, you know, underneath the occipital bone there and I'd glue the piece down and then I would pull it back. Pull it up. That's so smart. Like a facelift. Oh yeah. I facelift it and I'd glue it. I had him in a wig cap and I'd glue it and just kind of clip it to the wig cap. And that way it kept his eyes oh. open all the time. It didn't look like it was anything weird, but it just kept Tim's eyes the skin bright. bright, yes, which Tim is like, it's all about the eyes. So anyhow, I would do that. And then Erica would do stuff. And I do all my final painting while Erica was, did all the beard work. And then Anissa uh, Salazar, who was the hair department head would do the wig. And we made all the hair pieces here at K&B. That's so great. Yeah. Lynn Watson and Contrans tied everything. And, uh, and we had multiples of all the pieces and anyhow, I got it. You know, the first day I did it, I did it in an hour. And Tim was like, all right, you're not a liar. And it looks great. And then I've, by the end of the show, I got it down to 45 minutes. I could, and wow. that includes hair. That was from Tim sitting in the chair to Tim walking out the door to set was 45 minutes. How much did you have to paint it? Yeah, very little. So what, what kind of would you do to just kind of finish it up? Yeah, well, what I would do is I, you know, to pre-paint a piece, I just would use kind of like a, like a, a little bit of a red, wow. a, a ruddy color. Yeah. yeah, and I would just, I airbrushed it. It was just a tattoo color. And so I would airbrush yeah. it there. Then I'd get everything down. I would do one more pass of that red. Yeah. And then I went in and I, I took the Mac, um, you know, high def silicone base bases. Yeah. And I mixed up a couple, I mixed up two different colors. One that was a little darker and one was a little lighter. And then I airbrushed all that splattered all Contour over Tim. Kind of thing. Yeah. And, and just toned everything down. And I like using makeup, you know, just, you know, beauty makeup with my prosthetic work. I think it works really well, you know? And, and so I did that on Hitchcock and it just gives it a nice natural luster. Yeah. You know, I find sometimes if you, people will paint a makeup uh, with just all like tattoo. And it starts to get like that texture. Well, well it has, it, it, there's, yeah. I mean, it, it just looks flat yeah. to me, you know, that's why I also it use a painted. lot. It does. Yeah. And I, I like to use a lot of, of rubber mask grease paint on things. I use a lot of techniques that I used when I started off that I rediscovered. I'm like, why don't, why did I stop using this? Cause there's new stuff. I'm actually but a huge fan of rubber grease, which people rubber always grease like is the best. Me. No, it's I be love rubber it. grease I know. Is the best. They're always like, why do you have that? I'm like, it's the best because it's just like, it's so malleable. You You're like, and, you, and it's, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've just recently rediscovered Mac. Uh, you know, when you throw it out of your yeah, Mac is great. 
oh god i don't want to show that i've got mac in my kit especially in beauty and then you know no, it's like, you know what it's just safe it's it's a fail safe yeah i love their face it and is. bodies they're just such good foundations too yeah no i i have great success with that i mean i use a lot of laura mercier yeah. i lose use you know um um you know, uh, use a lot of different, you know, makeups. And I like to mix match, you know, people like, do you use this or this? I actually, I use airbrush very little. I do a lot of hand painting and, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I mean, can make it really simple and not make it super complicated and it ends up looking great, I think. Yeah. And, and keeping in mind that I have an actor, I have a, a you know, a 70 year old actor who's not who always, he's yeah. not, yeah. He, I mean, and listen, I totally respect that. It's like Tim right out of the gate said, I don't want to wear, I don't want to sit there for hours. And I said, you're not going to sit there for hours. Yeah. And I did everything I could, you know, season two, which will be out, uh, at Christmas, I guess we did, we made, we made all the fat suits, but we did a whole new technology. That's something we've never done before. And, and, and though it was a little bit heavier, uh, it, Tim was able to get airflow through the entire suit at all times, which was what was important. So, but, um, yeah, Kathy Sully, who works in my fabrication department, masterminded this brilliant idea and it, and we tried it and it worked. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always, you're always being, you know, troubleshooting everything. Nothing is ever, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, nothing's ever easy. Nothing's ever simple. I, I really don't like when people go, oh, it's just a, or, oh, well, that should be easy. It's just, you know, just a nose. I'm like, a nose is easy. It's like, that's right in the center of your face. It's your face. It's That's the prominent spot of your face. Yeah. No, it's crazy. So do you think that your wife being in um, a fine artist also has made you paint better or see colors more like because I know like when I go to galleries Mm -hmm. like I always incorporate when I paint anything blue and red no matter what Mm because everything has blue and red underneath Mm -hmm. like you know Mm -hmm. our like muscles so is there something that you got from the fine arts that well yeah I mean she's very critical and uh you know hitch the the hitch hitchcock taught me a lot she taught me a lot during hitchcock because i would i would do these tests and we would shoot them on film and then we would go to the screening room and watch them and some were successful and some weren't and there was one early on that wasn't very successful and i was getting a lot of negative comments from the producers and i was getting really offended and i and i walked out i was like you know I'm really over this shit and I'm sitting in the car and she would go with me to the screenings and she said, what what are you mad about? And I said, well, you know, they're telling me this. And she said, Howard, don't you want them to tell you now and not on set on the day? And I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. She's like, take what they're saying and apply it and don't be so sensitive and precious with everything you do. And actually that's where everything flipped for me. And now I'm, I, 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 you know, take great pride in what I do, but I'm not going to cry if somebody doesn't like my Santa makeup or what I'm just going to be like, tell me, what don't you like, you know, be specific. Well, I don't like the way this is. And I'm like, great. We'll change it. I'm not married like to anything. Troubleshoot it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, pre- I'm not precious about anything anymore. And it was really Miriam, my wife's doing, and she, and she's really good at being critical. And, you know, when I first met her, I was like, God, she's really critical. I don't know how much I'm going to, if this is going to work. <laughs> and, but, 
But then I was like, no, she's 100% correct. Yeah. Everything she says, she is my sounding board. When I'm doing something or working on something, I show her photos. And she's like, that's cool. But maybe, what do you think about this and this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, we, it's a partnership. You know, it's supposed yeah. to be a partnership when you're married. And, and she has a fine eye. And she knows what's good. And, you know, we disagree on art continually. We went to the Getty this past weekend. And I'm like, oh, I really love that. She's like, that's horrible. I'm like, whatever. That's the worst thing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, and she'd be like, oh, I really, this painting's gorgeous. I'm like, I don't get it. So, but, um, but that's what makes it interesting. To be at your scale in your, in your career, to still be open to growth. And that to oh, me absolutely. is the excitement and the joy of art. Like people say to me, yeah. don't you get bored, you know, after 30 years of painting faces? I no, because every day is, no. is, every day is an opportunity to screw up, yes. uh, to meet somebody new, to try and meet about 10 people's expectations, you've got a much bigger scale than that. Now, when you say screw up, I actually want to ask you, any makeups you screwed up that you're not proud of? Of course. <laughs> Listen, the only way you learn is through failure. You have to fail. If you don't fail, you learn nothing. You can't go like, well, that was great. That was perfect. That was, everybody fails. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, you know, and, and you just don't show those failed makeups or sometimes you can't help it and they show up on set and you're like, wow, I totally screwed that up. But, you know, everybody else, nobody else knows. I, I felt it, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm competent enough to always figure out a way to make it work. Like I, I would never send a makeup that I didn't feel comfortable with to set in front of a director. There's plenty of times everybody fails. I mean, it's just we just don't show that that side, you know, like here I'm going to put out in a magazine all my failures, you know, but you have yeah. to fail. You have to fail to learn. And that's something that the new generation really has to understand because yeah, if, if they're so nervous and worried uh, and all this stuff and it's like, guys, it's all right to not do a good job. Yeah. Just know, you know, you've messed it up. But next time you do it, you won't because you've learned what didn't work that time, you know, and that's why I always say take photos of everything, even if it's terrible, that way you can reference it and go, okay, next time you do this makeup, look at what you did before and go, God, look at the, how much difference there is. Like a, such a, a giant leap. It's interesting that you say that for a minute, I taught last year at cinema and the students I found in a, that kind of younger generation had an mm -hmm. issue with problem solving and I think problem solving yeah. is such a big part of what we do it is, it is a huge and part it's not just the creative you know and so if they got a makeup plan it's like that whole makeup plan could get thrown out right at the end if it's not working and sure. I, I don't know whether it's social media or whatever that's kind of attributed a little bit to that or whether it's just this particular generation but that was the issue that I found with them was their inability yeah. to move or change or throw out their idea yeah. of what they'd probably spent the night before working on for their makeup plan. And it's like, or not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that might've been it too. Sometimes I'm like, did you even put any effort into this? But uh, I think it's a combat Vivian. I think it's a combination of, I think a lot of it has to do with parenting in my opinion. And I feel that a lot of the younger students, their parents have always told them they, they basically got a gold star every day for oh, anything. For everything. They did. You peed. Yay. Yeah, yeah. You got out of bed. You're so great. And I, I mean, we've, we've yeah. had people uh, work here who felt like they should entitled. have been, well, definitely entitled and that should have been in the sculpting room day one. And I'm like, but you don't, you've never sculpted. Yeah. But I know I can, cause I'm really good. My mom and dad said, I'm really good. And I'm like, well, bring some work in and let me look. And then they never do. That's the thing too. People, 
with my generation, we all just learned how to do it in our bedrooms and just made stuff and figured it out. And like you were saying, we're being, you know, in, inventing things, you know, we didn't, we didn't know. And there were, there wasn't stores back then that, or internet or anything or schools even. And so we kind of had to figure it out on our own. You know, that made you think and problem solve. Every day on set is, is there's problems and you have to solve those problems. And adapt to them. A hundred percent. I mean, if you don't, you're dead in the water. But there's going to be people and there are people that are in our industry who aren't ready to be department heads but have moved into that position before they're ready. <laughs> well, it, it's bad. It's bad for our industry because they don't know. Well, they can't. They don't know how to handle the situations like doing the makeup is one thing as your as a department head but then you also have to know how to deal with your directors deal with your actors deal with your producers there's a lot you know the machine is huge and i've again no makeup artists who show up and they do the work but then they're a complete mess and they're angry and they're this and that and it's just and you're never going to get repeat business that's the thing too you want to yeah. be you have to be production friendly to some degree so that you'll keep getting hired you know do a good job and be production friendly and you'll be okay you know and that's kind of what i've always lived my career like we were at your book sign-in, The Masters uh -huh. of Makeup Effects. Uh -huh. So was that the first book you did? Because I feel like you need to do like – It is. I feel like you need to do like a 101 on set etiquette, on how to be – Like I honestly – I've said this to you before and I yeah. know you think I'm like – But honestly, honest to God, like I even said it to Louis when we were talking with mm -hmm. him during the SNL episode. And right. I was like there's just – you have this like – great way about positioning yourself as a boss, but also as a person that's going to give people a chance. And I think like everything that you're saying right now lines up with that. Not, not, in, no, I don't think so. Not something that's instructional just because I'm not interested in it and doing yeah. that. I, I like the one, one I can't, were you with us on space jam? I can't remember. No, were you with, no. You know? So on space jam, <clears throat> which was gigantic, um, I had three trailers and I, put specific people in those trailers and and the hair department that was Johnny Villanueva who's my best friend one of my best friends we've done 13 shows together anyhow we had a big giant bullpen that had all the makeup and hair I think it was like 60 people in the room you know and they rented wow. out the equestrian center over on Riverside and that was our okay. makeup that was our makeup room and it was huge anyhow Johnny and I are like we're gonna go work in the bullpen so we we left we never worked in the trailer we That's stayed amazing. inside and it was so much fun because we were just banging makeups out left and right but that also set the tone that yes. no one no one in that room can say jack shit because the yes. bosses the department heads are in there working with everybody doing the same amount of work sometimes more and and without a, a flinch plus you were there to help nurture and if people got into a little fix you could walk over and go hey you know yeah. what we should probably Maybe do is let's, let's kind yeah. of speed it up because that makeup has to be on a van to warner brothers like in 10 minutes so let's chop chop a little bit or can i help you with something because i could knock out you know i could do 10 makeups a day in that in that bullpen and johnny was knocking out hair work left and right um but it was so fun and i was like i didn't want to be away from my giant crew yeah. i didn't want them to you know just think like oh i guess we're just in here i'm like no we're the bosses we're going to be in here with you guys and it's going to be fun you know and um and it was it was super fun we had a great i had a great crew that's the best way to educate and make a great artist is to be there with them yeah. and and like you said if they get in a little fix you can help them out 
Whereas you're yeah, right, absolutely. there's a lot of jobs I've been on where you, you're just flying solo and you're just praying that you're doing something okay. And, right. you know, and that, right. that's And you never know what you did. Yeah. That's massive. Yeah, no, it's massive. And you and, and, and it's just fun to do, you know, and I like to watch people do. And then you also start to see people's strengths, you know, like like I had um, Alex Noble and, and Cato uh, Stefano on the crew. And I was like, OK, I've got these characters. Those two guys will be great to knock all these makeups out. And they did. They were awesome, you know, and they, they killed it every single day for me. And, you know, I, I was lucky because there was a lot of good people. I had Debbie Zoller on my crew and Jacinda Burkett and, you know, Ron Pipes for a little bit. And, and, uh, I mean, we just kept people left and right left and it was just so nice. And then, you know, and if people needed hours again, I was, I had a big enough crew. It's like, you know, I think a couple of people, oh, absolutely. I brought them in and I'm like, dude, what, how many days do you need? How many hours? Like, well, I'm shy, like, you know, 10 hours. I'm like, come on in for 10 hours and let's get your, you know, so it was really fun. And, and Randy Sarah at the union was really good with me because actually Michael Key, who was the editor of uh, Makeup Artist Magazine had fallen off the roster. And, um, and so I went to Randy and I said, listen, I really want, I, I need makeup artists and I'm, I'm out of my, you know, I'm out of finding people currently, but I'd love to bring Michael in who was still up on it, paying his dues and everything. It's just, he didn't do the, the, the requirement of, you know, f- what is it? Five days within a five year period or whatever it is, or a three year period. Oh, yeah. So he, he didn't, he wasn't thinking cause he's so busy working in the magazine. So anyhow, I was able to get him, I didn't get him his full 30 days, but I got him 15 days and, the, and the 706 was very accommodating and understanding. I didn't do any, it wasn't anything illegal. Um, so, but it was really nice. And, 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 you know, that leadership was great because they really helped, you know, usher, helped us usher people in and take care of our own people. You know, I really appreciated that. Um, I thought it, I thought it was really great. You know, Julie, Julie, so cash was our president at the, is, and still is. And Randy Sayer at that point was our business rep. Uh, and, um, yeah, no, it's, it's always a joy, you know, and, and, um, I love hiring as many 706 people. I always do. Uh, even when I go on location, I make it a point to, you know, obviously production always goes like, you can't bring anyone. I'm like, that's not going to happen. You're like, I'm bringing my crew. Well, I, mean, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to bring like at least two to three people. They're like, well, we can't afford yeah. it. So then don't, then don't hire me. I don't really give a shit. And then they say, okay. <laughs> what I've learned is I just go, you know what guys, that's cool. Yeah. And I wish you the best of luck on your show. And then they figure it out. Yeah. I don't need to yeah. argue with yeah. it. And, and actually if it's not, if something's not meant to be, it's just not meant to be. They're doing you a favor. Right. I've dodged a million bullets. I've been approached to do shows and I'm like, I don't know, man, this smells weird. This is, this smells like bad fish. I'm not sure I want to go near it. And I can tell, and then I don't do the show. And then I hear later like, oh my God, it was the worst experience. The director was terrible. It was, people were, you know, this or that and hated each other. And I'm like, I dodged a bullet. But after so many years, I've been at this for 40 years. You can smell it when you walk into a room, you know? What would you say to some of our audience would be some of your red flags? Like it, like you said, people fighting with each other. Like oh, yeah. I literally just came off a fashion shoot last week and it was, I de- I tr- actually tried to, to pull out of it beforehand and the producer I've worked with on other projects, he's like, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine. The photographer rang me, no, I want you on it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I just had that terrible feeling and I felt like it the yeah. night before and it was a nightmare. But because it was, and I will say from the top down, it just was so disorganized. Everyone was exhausted, 
wrecked, stressed out, angry, angry, angry. pissed off. And I'm like, not, no one had a good time. No. Well, I mean, you, you said it already, but you know, if your gut, you go with yeah. what your gut tells you. And if your gut was like, I got a bad feeling, yeah. then stay away. Because that's never going to change. If your head's saying, oh, no, it'll be fine. First off, if a producer says, oh, it's going to be great, run the other way. It's going to be grand. It's going to be grand. I was like, grand? It was. It was a grand, what is it, Grand Theft Auto or whatever that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's it never. So, but I but I, I just go with what my gut tells me. If I I can sense it pretty quick, and I'm like, I don't have a good feeling about this. If I don't have a good feeling, then I know it's just going to be a mess the whole run of the show. And I'd prefer not to do the work and just wait for something that I I feel I can be invested in and work with really nice people. So you know, I have a cachet of directors I like working with, and luckily they make a movie every year, or what have you, and I can jump onto yeah. that and. So awesome. and I lo- and I love working with them and and I you know I like uh, I like so many people in our industry and you know in our union and I love working with them and I always look forward to it. I get excited. I mean, I- what do you think your advice is um, about whether you should join the union, not join? Because like oh, so yeah. like a, a case like Viv, like Viv is shy. You tell your story about that. Let's hear your story, Viv. Here's my story. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. So I uh, I worked for like 25 years and. Australia and then I came here uh-huh. and my whole thing was I want to work on The Walking Dead. I want to work on The Walking Dead. So anyway, I didn't do Which my homework. I, know I found guys. out that you were the, yeah, of course, no. So anyway, I come over here and I didn't do my homework and I find out about union versus non-union because we don't have a union in Australia. I can work on anything right, in Australia. Right. And so right. it was it was definitely an upheaval because I came here just not long before COVID and didn't mm. know anybody and blah 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 and I was shy um I think I did the was it 60 60 60 and then that kind of they yeah. that fell through the gaps because some of them I oh. put hair and makeup on it instead of just makeup oh, yeah. and that was a lot of my work because union non-union you do hair and makeup well the question is at your age I'm, yeah I'm right? about to turn 60 but it's yeah. a question because I'm kind of yeah, really yeah. decided probably not to Right. Well, I mean, you know, if you're if you're turning sixty, which you don't look at all well, like that. Well, thank you by so much. And I haven't had a facelift yet, but I'm considering. No, it. and don't. No, don't do it. Don't please. <laughs> don't do it, please. No, you're beautiful the way you are. Don't thank don't you. touch your face, please. Um, so, you know, I got in the union thirty almost thirty years ago. I wish I had gotten yeah. in earlier. Yeah. It, it getting in the union when you're young is the thing to yeah. do. You know, if you got in the union now. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to wait. How much longer do you want to do this for? Are you going to do it another 10 years? I'm maxed out in about five. And, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be teaching. I'm going to be teaching people how to do anti-aging makeovers and I'll be making a fortune right. doing but it. But I think this was a great question because like she always talks about it with me I and know. I was like, you know, you should ask Howard this. I mean, I'm very pro-union. I think the union is fantastic, but I think yeah. it's it's for it's you got to get into yeah. it when you're younger. You got to be realistic. Well, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of money. Yeah. It's more expensive now than ever. And, and you know, it takes amount of X amount of hours to activate your health. And, sh- yeah. it's, and you have to constantly chase the hours. It's like. Yeah. And if you're, if you're, and if you're heading, listen, if you're over, over that work hill, like me, I'm yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm, thank God I'm on the other side and I've got, you know, and maybe I've five years left. I've, I've loved right. what I've so done you're good. in Australia. So I'm good. Right. 
right. And we got the answer. I got my answer, and I'm happy with. Yeah, that. I mean, you don't. I don't think. I yeah, I think if you were like, you know, if you were in your 20s, I'd say 100 percent get into the union. That's what because, I said to her. I was like, I was like, at your age, I wouldn't even yeah, bother because it's, right. it's like, what's the point? You would, also you wouldn't you wouldn't have enough time to make even in your pension. No, I would not. That's the whole thing. So I was like, what is the point of it all? Yeah. Another question I have is with the strike right now, what are your thoughts about all of IATSE with like, did we miss the ball with that? Did we like are you know, we're all holding, we're not striking, but we are holding and it's affected so many makeup artists. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, mentally, yeah. Well, yeah. it's affected so many. It's really like hard to watch. Well, it's affected everybody in the industry worldwide, by the way, because I have friends that are in the UK that, that are out of work and, and uh, because actors and so forth but um you know i mean it's i felt we should have we should have been on strike uh three years ago i didn't agree with settling um we didn't either yeah i think they did the best they can but i feel like you know we didn't get much out of it we we had that was our opportunity um, I think the current strikes, which I completely support, and I'm a member of SAG as well. I've been a member of SAG since like 86, um, and uh, I support it, and I think it's important, and I think they're leading the charge to break up these bunch of thugs that are holding the industry hostage. You know, it's it's not the WGA and it's not SAG after that are causing no, these troubles. This is, this is the AMPTP. Yeah. And it's I'm, the money. Yeah, and I'm hoping, uh, and I could be wrong about this, but I'm hoping that that more studios will break away, and or studios that don't even have a, a chair at the table, a seat at the table, like AMC made an interim uh, agreement, A24 made an interim agreement. It would be amazing if if Netflix just went, you know what, screw this, let's make a deal. I don't understand 100% why they're just not making deals individually with the studios, why it has to be a, a you know, a conglomerate. Yeah. And yeah. I just think that, I don't know, I mean, I, I said that to a few people in the beginning of the strike, and now I'm starting to see a few companies make those deals, those interim deals. It could turn, you know, we just need one of those big tech companies, be it Apple, be it uh, Netflix, to just say, hey, you know what? This is bullshit. We need to get back to work and get people working. Let's sign this and we'll just have our own deal. And that'll then make everything fall apart, which will be great. So, I mean, you kind of, I kind of look at the AMPTP as like the five families in The Godfather, you know, yeah. they're like, they're all sitting around and they're, you know, like. It's you know, like they're doing the deal under the table. I say, I say yes. that all the time. I'm like, it's like whatever is better for them at that moment, they're going to take. It doesn't really matter about the masses. That's yeah. what I've always thought too. No, absolutely. And, and the thing you have to remember is that the AM. Well, yeah, it's politics, but the AMPTP, they're not unified. They're not a union. They're not a guild. It's like an organization. But you, they're studio heads who hate each other. Those guys aren't yep. aren't friends. Those guys, you know, Fox is going to battle, you know, Universal. Universal's going to battle Disney. It's who's, you know, that's how it works. What they're not thinking is we're all unified because we're, we all work. SAG-AFTRA is completely unified. WGA, unified. All the crafts, all the disciplines are unified. We all yeah. work together, yeah. but they, they're not unified. So when this all settles, they're going to go back to hating each other 
And, you know, because they're, they're in business against each other. No, but none of us are, none of us are, none of the guilds, none of the unions are in business against each other. So they're, they really underestimated the power of unity. Um, and I think it's great. And I, I, you know, I mean, I hope this ends soon and I hope that SAG and, and, uh, WGA stands their ground and they get what they want. I mean, there's always concessions. There's that's, that's a given, but you might not get everything, but you get, you know what, they're fighting to get as much as they can. And it's not about the members today. It's not, a, you know, it's about the future is what the they're future. building. And this will just lead down the line for unionization across the United States of America. You know, so it's not just Hollywood. If it was just Hollywood, we wouldn't see it on the front page of the L.A. Times, Washington Post, yeah, New York it Times, it, like, every MPS single day. Drivers. Yeah, like everyone. It's it's about the union. This was a very union strong summer because yeah, you had yeah. You, you had the team, you know. And next year we have IOTC's contracts up again, yeah. and then we have uh, the Teamsters. I mean, I don't see what we. I I don't know the particulars. I can't understand why we would why would we would strike as IOTC. I don't know what there is new to fight for. You know, I'm sure there's a hundred things, but I mean, in the reality of it, are they going to give it to us? Yeah. But I mean, who knows? Maybe they're not. I mean, we backed, we, we didn't do it last time. So, but I, I don't want another strike. I'm sick of these strikes and we need to keep everybody employed and, and working and making their hours for their pension and their health and welfare. Yeah. And nobody in this film industry should ever, you know, need be, be in a situation where they Struggle can't in. live. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's insane. I've spoken to different makeup artists that are single in their thirties that live by themselves and yeah. they're paying their $2,800 a month for their, you know, apartment in Burbank. Yeah. And they don't know how they're going to pay next month's rent. Yes. It's very scary. The other thing I just wanted to move it's- on to is what do you feel like this, the, this whole sort of embodiment of AI affecting makeup artists in the future right well i'll tell you it's inevitable it's inevitable yeah but do you think it's like cgi how they kind of try to push the cgi but they realize practical effects goes with it like do you think it might be that kind of thing yes and no but i mean i think listen we don't know enough about ai um it's too early it's a tool all right so i'll give you an example so when photography was you know, invented and became a thing. Painters were very upset. Artists were very upset by it because they painted realism. But that Renaissance brought on abstract because they said, well, we're done painting realism. We're going to start painting abstract because that has nothing to do with photography. One thing leads to another leads to another. So when Photoshop came out 20 some odd years ago, even longer, I think actually, yeah, like in the nineties, I think, um, People are up in arms. It's cheating. You can't do this. Can't do that. You know, it's all about hand drawing. Well, Photoshop is a, a, is a common. You know, I mean, you have it. You could have a, a, a an app on yeah. your phone that's Photoshop, and it's a common used thing. You know, when you got into like ZBrush and Maya and all these other things, AI is going to be used. It is a hundred percent not going away. And you also have to think about like. Where we are in our mentality, the, you know, the three of us in our generations, we are, we're used to a certain thing. We're used to seeing movies made a certain way and our entertainment made a certain way. The future generations won't be privy to that. 
they're going to be used to what they're used to, which is going to be AI, yeah. which is going to be streaming. They won't know anything about what we are used that's to. That's so true. And that's a, but that's okay. That but it, yeah. it's okay because it's part of the evolution and the renaissance. Yeah. It's all going to change. Everything has changed all the time. And we there's, you know, to have the conversation like we have to find a way to stop, you know, AI, that's never going to happen, nor do you want it to happen because, it, you know, as long as it's used responsibly, which, of course, saying that in Hollywood terms is, of course, they're going to use it and bastardize it and use it all the wrong way. But but it's it's inevitable. And I think that. We're going to start seeing some of these makeup schools switching gears and start figuring out. It's like have more of a more of a digital education. I highly, highly. I was I was talking to Bill Corso about this last week, and and he really made me see the light. And he's very involved with the digital aspect of things, and and he's a really smart guy. And I was like, you know what? He's right. And I thought about it over the weekend. I'm like, Bill's 100 percent right. And so. There will be fewer jobs for makeup artists. There will be yes. people that have their actors, all right? You know, like, you know, there's going to be – Brad Pitt's always going to want to look good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's always going to be because, you know, they got to go do whatever, blah, blah, blah. And But I think we're going to start to see less and less – job opportunities in the future. That's not today, tomorrow. Yeah. That may not even be 10 years. But eventually – Things are going to change in the industry. Jobs are going to go away. They're not going to be the same. Same as the advent of sound. That was like, you know, the the earth opened up and swallowed a million people when sound was, you know, revealed in a in its first um, you know, first film and now we're that's normal, you know. Obviously, yeah. you have movies and, and so it's just part of the evolution and it's just going to be that way. It's there's nowhere there's no reason to fight it. You should embrace it. Um, you know, still keep your eye on it because it's not to be trusted. Um, but it's usually the people that are using it that shouldn't be trusted. Uh, but the next generation should definitely be paying attention because that's going to be their world. It's not going to be – we're going to look at all this, you know, if we're still here, when that stuff, you know, comes out. We're going to sit there and go, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Be confused so, by it. That's what I thought too. It's like the telephone. No. Whenever people look at the rotary phones, you like laugh because the kids have no idea what it is. They're yeah. like, "What the hell is?" That? And no, you're like, it's, it's a phone. And the fact that there's six-year-olds in that time frame will not think it's yeah. weird. They'll, to them, that will be their no, new only, normal. Only know. Just like you that, know, our that is correct. Our kids, you know, were born with a mobile phone in their hand. Just roll with the times. We all do. You have to. You can't fight it. I mean, no. you know, you can panic all you want, but it's really unnecessary energy, and it's it's inevitable. It is inevitable. Yeah. Well, so. so I wanted to ask you, so with the strike going on right now, I know that we were talking about AI, but I wanted to ask you, what have you been working on or what are you doing during your time? Are you like reevaluating stuff? Are you reinventing yourself? Are you spending time with your family? <laughs> yeah, all of the above. Uh, I've spent, I'm, yeah. well, I, I, I was one of the lucky ones. I was on a show. I started okay. in January in Santa Fe and, and we shut down J July 22nd when the strike hit. So I worked all the way up till then. So I've, you know, only been off for, you know, a little less than two months. And um, I immediately just wanted to spend time with my family. So like my son and his wife and my new baby granddaughter live in Idaho. So we did a road trip. My wife and I did a road trip there and That's just beautiful. spending, yeah, spending time at home. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm heavily involved with the Academy of Motion Pictures. And so yes. uh, I have a lot of responsibilities and I think uh, they 
the fact that we're not working, they're utilizing all that free time for us to have meetings nonstop. I feel like I'm doing a billion meetings all the time. Uh, but it's really, really rewarding, you know, between work, doing work for the Academy and doing work for the Academy Museum. And um, Can you explain the, like, the stuff that you guys have going on down there? Because, you know, like I asked you when we weren't recording, but yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. There's so, so, so yeah. yeah, I mean, if you guys live, whoever is listening to this and you live in Los Angeles, there is an yeah. Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science uh, uh, Museum on the LACMA campus, uh, which is uh, Fairfax and Wilshire. It is a fantastic museum. It is really wonderful. It's a great, it's a good way to spend the day. The best way is to become a member. It's a hundred dollars to become a member. And, and that okay. money is well spent because with, as a member, you get free movie, you get free passes to the museum. Yeah. You get free passes to movies. There's running movies and these, they don't run movies that are out now. They run movies that you have maybe never, ever seen or films you saw when you were younger there's different programs uh it's really wonderful and i, I like tomorrow night is Edward Sister hands yeah which is yeah. a branch selection the branch is my branch is hair makeup and hair yeah. and so we picked edward scissor hands is one of our films to screen and v neil and and yolanda are going to come out and they were makeup and hair department heads on edward scissor hand and they're going to present the movie uh, and do a little talk before the film like probably a you know 20 minute talk about the making of the film and then we'll watch the movie and it's really really quite wonderful are there q a's like to ask no. questions or no no q a so it's, like it's not that sort of venue yeah, yeah. Okay. you're there for a screening and uh they will have events that have q a's but that's not part okay. of this screening program it's a beautiful but if you okay. it's really yeah it's a great really, yeah have you been, have you been yeah, there vivian beautiful. have you yeah. been we were okay there great for your book thing. we both yeah. were there oh right right yeah. of course sorry and it's got a great restaurant and a but yeah, yeah, Fanny's is great. Yeah. It's you know, it's really good. But but certainly go online, join, become a member. It's well worth it, and uh, you'll be updated to everything. You know, you got to join. Everybody join. It's join. a great place. So. to get free passes. And also, I think it's great yeah. too. Yeah, that, like, that's that's less than a week of that, Starbucks, like guys. Literally one oh, there you go. Yeah. visit with by the time you pay for your popcorn. Oh yeah, that's true. So, yeah, yeah, you're you right. There you go. Of that, so I think that's it. That's it, right. What I do you want to say is like, I feel like whenever I sit down with you, whether it be like work or, you know, when we show, when I show up to events and stuff, I feel like I get so much knowledge and there's so much that you can like soak up. I also want to say like the artists that you bring on are always these like amazing artists with huge backgrounds. And um, I wanted to tell you like the moment, like for Orville sitting with all of the old time makeup artists, like listening about Marilyn Monroe stories and like all of that, that was like the magic that I was like, Oh my God, this is like what, what made everything so beautiful about like, it wasn't just your job. It was the fact that you had all, all ages there. And, um, like, there's a segment that, like, Viv, you wanted to talk about ageism and stuff. Do you think that affects people in our makeup industry? It affects like, every industry. I hope not. But yeah. what I'm seeing coming from Australia to America is it's less so here. I think that people mm. are esteemed more here um for their their credibility over the number of years that they've actually had their career to me it's a little bit more colloquial still in australia and it's a little bit more ageist so you know mm. i had people asking me when i was turning 50 like oh, hey girl when are you gonna like move out of the commercial industry so you can let the young girls come in it's like 
really? Mm. I'm just starting to hit my mark. So I don't see that so much here, um, but I think it's a global issue and I think it's an important issue to address. You know, we're yeah, looking sure. at a lot of different cultural issues at this time and age in our civilization, and I think ageism is one of them and it does need to be looked at. Mm-hmm. It does. No, absolutely. I mean, I don't. I uh, I agree with you, and but I think uh, I've never not hired someone because of their age. You know, I just okay. it's all about it's to me it's all about merit. You know, and that's clear okay. across the board for whomever I hire. I I don't uh, I don't subscribe to a lot of things that the industry has um, bestowed upon us. If a person can do the job, they got the job. That's that's all I care about, and and, uh, and and that they're good people. Yeah. You know, listen, we've we've Megan, you've department headed. You've been, you know, there's times I'm sure where you've been, um, you know, asked to, uh, you know, maybe crew up a certain way. But the people that you grew up with don't have the experience, and and it ends up becoming a problem, and you don't get the yes. work done, or it's not as good, and you're like. Guys, this isn't how this is not how it is. I totally agree with the initiative. I think yes. it's fantastic. I I give everybody opportunity. I mean, for you know, especially the makeup department, makeup and hair, mm-hmm. we're like the island of misfit toys for God's sake. So <laughs> Yeah. So I I mean, it's always funny like that like a producer would come like you need to have some more diversity. I'm like, "Have you been in the trailer?" It's a, it's like a, it's a, it's a free, it's a freak show in here. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't even know what that person is over there, but whatever, they can do the job. No, I wanted to ask that question with the diversity hires. Like I get it. I understand it. But like what I don't get is like, you can't expect just to do a hire because of person's color, especially right. when on top of it, like if they don't have the skill to do a bald cap or whatever, you know, and then you're or, being or anything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it's that, like yeah. I feel like that's unfair of uh, producers and stuff. And I wish it, like, it's, it is. Was, well, it's, it's a misunderstanding. Well, let me just finish up about what Vivian was saying. So ageism, okay. and then I'll jump to that, to, to the other one. Um, yeah, cause I want to so, hear that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all, listen, it's all in, you know, relevant. good, good faith and it's relevant. And it's all in good faith. It's just sometimes Hollywood does a knee jerk reaction and it, and it bites them in the ass. But I mean, I, I've never had an issue with hiring or thinking like, oh, that's, you know, so-and-so is too old or I actually love it. You know, know what else I love? I like hiring moms. I really do. I love that. I love hiring moms. Oh man, that's so good to hear. <laughs> the reason I, the reason I like moms is because what we're doing is not their life. You know, makeup, it's not all consuming and like, ugh. they have a life. They've proven themselves uh, and, you know, to they're responsible. They're responsible for human lives. You know, That's they, a lot. They, they have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Just being a mom is a hell of a job. That's the hardest job it's in the so world. <laughs> and and so I love it. And this this sort of came to mind. Somebody who uh, I won't mention their name, but is in a high position, said, you know, if you want to get into this business, never get married, don't have kids, you should never have kids. Because they said that to me and I was like in shock. So when I heard, yeah, when I heard that, and I didn't hear it firsthand. And if I did, believe me, I would have chewed that person upside down and backwards. I but know I, exactly. I know yeah, exactly. I caught it. I caught it. I caught that second win. And okay. I'm like, you know what? So like Santa Claus season two, pretty much everyone I hired and that Erica hired, Erica's a mom. We hired yeah. all people that all, all the women that were moms and it was wonderful. Plus they had to deal with kids on set, you know, to the child, all the L's were children. It was a no brainer. 
and it was so great. And I just feel so comfortable about it. And I know that they're so they're respo- they're so responsible. Those people are so responsible because they have their families. You know, it's it's not about like oh, I've got a cat at home. That's so good to hear, Howard. I mean, that is. Oh yeah, no, I lo- I love it. That's so encouraging and epic and and. But and and you know, and Megan will attest to this. Like I'd say that it's mostly women on my crew. It is. You know? It's a lot. Of, I actually love that about it. You have yeah. such a round, but I love the age difference of people. Yeah, yeah, it's I all really over. Do. Well, you can have, yeah, you can have somebody like like Jackie Colinpar, you know, who you helped get in the union. She's young, and then you could have Margaret Prentice, who's not as young. So it's it's <laughs> like it's a it's you want to do a mix, you know. I mean, I'm I'm tur- I'm rounding sixty two, and I mean sixty also, and uh, and you know, it's like I have dreams. Vivian, I've been having dreams that I'm too old. People are telling me I'm too old. And it's like, don't you want to wrap this up? I'm telling you, I get it all the time. I'm like, I'm going to give myself, yeah, I'm going to give myself five more years. So, what did Louis say, Viv? Louis was like, they're going to have to drag me out of here. Oh, yeah. Well, Lou, Louis's fine. Louis's fine. He loves that shit. I came here when I was 55 years old because my mom passed away. I came out of a long-term marriage. My kid had left home, moved in with his girlfriend. I'm sitting there on the balcony and I've worked for the same television network for 25 years. And I was like, I think I'm having a midlife crisis. I think I missed it in my 30s and 40s. I'm going to America. What's something I could do that's an adventure? So to me, it's like I've done more in the last five years of this life than I've done in the last 55 in terms of starting all over again. And one thing I want to say is about ageism. I will say the photographer that did hire me on this last job, he did say to me, you know what I love about you, Viv? You're old school. And and even though it was a tough shoot, he was like, "You're still going old school, so I know you're fine." And and so that there is flip sides, like you said, to having people with more maturity as well. So I think that, but I still think it's great to hear that you are not affected by that at all, because I think there are people in the industry. That I, are. I told you, yeah. And and also, I you know what I'm gonna something I've been doing lately. I've been switching words around, so I don't use the word old school. I use traditional because I like that I like better. That's traditional. Yeah, so you're more traditional. We're traditional artists, you okay. know, and I, and I like that. And then something else that instead of using the word crafts is disciplines. I really Ooh. like that. And, and, and Wynn Thomas, who's a, a great uh, production designer, he's, he's Spike Lee's production designer. He was the one that started saying that in the meetings, uh, Academy meetings. I'm like, he's, he's like, not a craft. A craft sounds like you go to Michael's. And you make yeah. stuff, you know, go make a, tur- a turkey handprint. It's like, yeah. we're, it's a discipline. So Ooh. using those words is good. It raises, it elevates. So traditional and disciplines. Oh, I love both. So, I've actually go. just noted both like, of those. I've written I love them down. both Yes, those. so those are good. So then, Megan, to go to what you were saying uh, just about di- about diversity, which is a hundred, I totally 100% agree with, um, you know, uh, and, 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 um, I think it's great, but it has to be done the right way. The studios have not done it the right way. They have no. When they went the, when, overboard. It was like well, extreme. Uh, yeah, that's the knee jerk reaction that the industry has, and yeah. and and you have to give people opportunity. But Todd, as Todd McIntosh said, you have to you have to step step up to be lifted up. So we have certain people, unfortunately, in our union who feel that they're entitled and deserve. That word is horrible. Deserve. Nobody deserves anything. You earn it. Um, That deserve to be 
in a position based on their skin tone and not their merit. And I and I have done I've dealt with these people before. Won't hire them because it's just bad energy. It's a bad vibe. Bad you do. But yeah. I'll teach anybody and I'll give anybody in the world an opportunity from all over the world. I don't – but if you – you better be ready to do the job. Don't stand there and, you know, cry like a little baby because of this, this, and this. And your feelings are hurt because, you know, mommy and daddy said you were always so wonderful. And that's not going to be it in the real world no matter what the job is. And yeah. it's not that you're being treated mean and, you know – you No, know, it's realistic. <laughs> and listen, and, and listen. You know, I mean, I in my life, I have two children that are adopted that are black, so I understand it. I get it. My daughter is, you know, is, is a super genius, and uh, she's half black and half Japanese. And then my youngest son is half black and half white, and I understand the issues. And and you know, and and early on when I didn't, I talked to my daughter about it, who explained. You know, because she identifies as being black and it would help me understand things because, I, you know, I didn't even understand. Well, I didn't understand a lot of stuff. And I'm like, Kelsey, you got to explain to your pop what the hell. I'm a white Jewish kid from the valley. Explain to your dad this, this and this. And and she did. And I, and if I also if I have questions that come up, I talk to her because she's a an independent, strong black woman. And and I'm going to listen to her and Amen. hear what she has I to say. I love your daughter. So, no, she's the greatest. So, but now I've got one more thing to say that's sort of tied to all of this. So, which is okay. about HR. All right? Cuz HR has become weaponized. Now, HR is there for a reason. People do think that HR is there to protect them. HR is not there to protect anybody it's that works not, on a film. It's there to protect them. It's that <laughs> they work for the studio or the production company. It's there and to protect the studio. It's there to make sure that if Vivian is, has a problem and she goes to HR, they're going to make sure there's no way it's Vivian can screw yeah. them over. Wow. So keep 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 that in okay. mind, and that is from H. That's from HR telling me this, which I already knew. No, I know that too. Yeah. I always okay. laugh because I'm like, you guys. Like yeah. I had I had a, a department had asked me to write an HR complaint, and I was trying to explain yeah. that to them. I said they don't care. It's not for us. It's for yeah, them. Yeah, it's not for us. <laughs> and 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 the thing is, it's like people have weaponized. HR, which is a big problem. So it's like, okay, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I can go and say, oh, well, you know, Megan, what do you think this is making me like, eh, it's not exactly what I want. I can call HR and go, uh, Megan was really, really mean to me and really rude to me. If, and, and, you know, and I want to don't you have to hire them because of that? It's like something weird. Well, you, like no, they, well, you can't you can't fire them. You know, you can't fire but, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're already hired. You can't go like because that would be that's that would be yeah that that's retribution. So you can't do retribution. So yeah, um, you know, although it happens all the time. I mean, you know, here we have a presidential candidate saying, "If I get in, I'm gonna I'm gonna." you know, seek hell on all these people that screw, you know, I feel did me wrong. That's, that's job retribution, but I guess you're allowed to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, you have to be very careful with HR. Some people have that on their speed dial and you, it's just the wrong thing to do. If there's a sexual, if there's a sexual assault, hundred percent deal with it. And that will, there's no one that's going to not back you on that. Yeah. But if somebody tells, you know, I, I worked with somebody recently who wasn't a makeup artist, but 
she said, I, every time somebody disagrees with me, I call HR and put a complaint in. <gasps> so it's, it's hard for them. That's weaponizing. And that's, that's that now, but, that, then, but then it just makes HR, they can't do their job, you know, but it's a big mess. It's, it's, we've gotten all too sensitive about everything and everyone's such a boo-hoo. It's so aggravating. It really isn't like that. We don't have that situation to that degree in right. Australia. Nobody does. No, that's only in America. Take a Panadol or what do you call it, Excedrin, and, yeah. you know, have a good sleep and come back tomorrow and get over it. And so, you know, that probably is too much the other way, but it works for us and we all seem to work it out. I just have heard so much about HR. It actually makes me frightened because I think that's well, yeah. dangerous. It's it's. Yeah. Well, as a man, it's, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I make sure I'm never alone with, with, a, people, no. with, with, oh, definitely not. I'll always have Tammy yeah. with me, yeah. you know, I never, ever, cause it would be so easy for somebody. It's, it's, he said, she said, you know, exactly. and you're, and you're, and nowadays you're guilty by accusation. So, yeah. you know, you're the second somebody says something, you're guilty. You know, if they say it enough, it becomes reality. And it's a very, very dangerous thing, you know. I love this, into, oh my God. this entire interview. interview. I do want, we want to have you back when the industry opens back okay, up sure. and just hear what's going on. Plus, we yep. want to play the game that we had. We'll save it for next okay. time because we didn't get it. All right, we'll it. save it for next time. We'll save it for next time. But I do want to say, I wanted to like get your awards and, and like all of your comrades awards. And maybe one night we all like go to a bar or something and we do like a ring toss with your Emmys. Is that possible? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it sounds dangerous, but yeah, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I'll have to think about that. Can we do ring toss with your? No, I'm just, I'm totally joking. Yeah. I just wanted to let it all. Yeah, actually, Aaron Kruger, you can have Aaron McCash bring all hers because that's that's enough for everybody. She has so many Emmys. Yeah, yeah. Everybody gets to have yeah. a ring toss. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you call the McCashes, they've got plenty of Emmys, so that's good. Well, Howard, yeah. I want to just say thank you so much. Can sure. you plug us with like your Instagram? Um, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, of course. Give it to us. And the same thing. Everybody needs to become a $100 member of the Academy. Yeah, come see Edward Scissorhands and join the Academy, uh, the Academy Museum. And uh, it's it's great. It's a great place. And you get to run into people all the time that you know. And that's, that's part of the fun, too. Thanks, guys. We want to thank you all again for tuning in. And a very special thank you to you, Howard Berger. Please be a part of this amazing community of makeup artists and hairstylists. Please give us a follow on Instagram. It's whatsyouretta.podcast. Also, you can follow me at Megan Hester, M-E-A-G-A-N-H-E-S-T-E-R, makeup, M-A-K-E-U-P on instagram make sure you follow viv where can we follow you you can find me at viv summers v-i-v-s-o-m-e-r-s and if you have an episode idea guys or a person that you would love to hear us interview please reach out because we want to hear from you yes we really really do and i just want to thank you all again for tuning in with us each week We really love the atmosphere that we're creating and we can only do that with you guys. Talk to you next week.